Welcome to the Business Muscle Podcast, where we empower entrepreneurs to transform their businesses into unstoppable empires. I'm Elise, CPA turned serial entrepreneur. And I'm Arielle, a seasoned physical therapist and business owner. We're two female entrepreneurs with a passion for helping small business owners like you achieve massive success. With our combined expertise, we've scaled to an impressive seven businesses in less than seven years. And guess what? Each of them was profitable right from the start. But we didn't stop there. We're here to share our secrets, strategies, and insider tips to help you turn your business into a thriving reality. And hey, we're not just all about business. As a physical therapist and fitness instructor, we'll also sprinkle in some fitness and wellness tips along the way. Join us on the Business Muscle Podcast every Monday as we guide you step-by-step towards financial freedom and building the business of your dreams. It's time to level up your business. Get ready to flex your business muscle. Welcome to the Business Muscle Podcast. This is our first episode. I'm Elise, and I'm here with my co-host, Ariel. What's up, guys? First episode. Super exciting. So in today's episode, we're going to dive into a topic that is crucial for anyone considering opening their own business. This is the behind the scenes work, the stuff that you're going to do well before signing a lease. And we're going to give you our three key things that you can start doing now, the things that we did before we ever put pen to paper on our first lease. Yeah, these are all really important things to consider and things that you can start working on to get the ball rolling before you open your business, which I wish that someone had been here to tell us some of these things before we open and some of the things that we learned and now know are super important. Definitely. So before we get into this, this is our first episode. Me and Ariel have been talking about doing a podcast for a while now, and we finally sat down and just ripped the bandaid off. So we're doing it. We're doing it. We're here. We're live. We made it happen. Yeah, we made it happen. So we're going to just give a quick little overview of our background. There will be more episodes in the future where we go deeper because I think it will be helpful kind of hearing our story. But Just a little background. I was a CPA. I quit my job. And in four weeks, I opened my first fitness studio. I grew to five locations in three years. And within that time, that's when I met Ariel. Yeah. And I am a physical therapist. I worked in a traditional outpatient setting. I got pretty burnt out of that pretty quickly, but I found some other techniques that I really loved using. And I met Elise through SweatFix, being an instructor there. And I started my business as a side hustle and Eventually, we grew it to its own full standing business, and now we opened our second location. Yeah, so now we have four fitness studios between the two of us, two physical therapy studios, an Airbnb rental property, and we currently help other female entrepreneurs and male entrepreneurs, but mostly female, planning on how they take the step to open their next business. So this is kind of our new passion project. We love doing it, and we felt like what better way than to start a podcast and give all the tips and tricks that we wish we knew. Yeah. We get super excited seeing other entrepreneurs considering taking the leap and it just gets us so excited. So we're really excited to talk about some of these topics. Yeah. And one little thing before we get started, we didn't have any investors. We didn't have any partners. So you don't need to have a huge fund to get started. We're going to give you tips on things you can do now and start your own business with your own money or maybe some money for your family or if you did have a partner. So this is all low budget, how to kind of get out there, pound the pavement and start your own business and make it work. So that's what we're trying to do with this podcast. So today's episode, as I said, it's going to be three things that you can focus on now before ever signing a lease. And for me, personally, and then I'll let Ariel kind of tell her side of the story. But for me, this was huge. I was working as a CPA. I was working at KPG um, 16, 17, 18 hour days sometimes. And in the background though, my wheels were always spinning on 
if I could open my business, what would I do? So whenever I had free time, I was sitting there kind of writing out my business plan and kind of doing these three things. And this is what we'd want you guys to start with now. So even if it's a hobby or if it's something you're thinking, the first thing is you need to kind of build out your budget and your financials. And this is huge because with this comes mapping out what your services are going to be, what or your products are going to be, what your schedule is going to look like. Because in order to successfully build out a forecast or a budget, you need to know the services and you need to build out your revenue and expense projections. So before you ever open a business, you want to make sure that it is sustainable and it is actually going to make you money. So step number one and things you can do now is definitely start to build out your budget. Some people like to call it their business plan, but you don't need to do a full-blown business plan, but just as long as you can get your vision on what it's going to be and kind of map out financially what will look like, it will be huge for yeah, you. Yeah, I feel like this was when the vision for having my own business started to come to life was when we actually started sitting down looking at, okay, what are some of the overhead costs going to be? What is the price per service going to be? How many clients am I actually going to need to see per day to make this business become a reality? That's when I started to sink in that like, holy smokes, this could actually be a real thing versus, you know, just kind of having this vision of wouldn't it be cool if I could be a physical therapist in this type of setting and do things this way. Once we started actually sitting down and breaking down the numbers, that's when things started to become more realistic. So that was a super critical step. Yeah, it's huge. I think this is something, and maybe even for you, Ariel, that if you don't have a financial background, there's something that kind of scares you. Like Excel spreadsheets are just like, (laughs) Yeah, people are like, get those away from me. But it's it's so important and it doesn't have to be scary. It can be honestly very basic. Your revenue minus your expenses equals your net profit, but you can just kind of build it out step by step based on like what your actual business does. And it's something if you need help, you can always reach out to us. But it's huge to be able to understand where your money is going and what you can potentially right. make. Right. And yeah, someone who has zero financial background, I came into this you know, not, not really realizing the number of things that I needed to consider, but also not realizing that looking at the financials could eventually be something that I would enjoy not find overwhelming. And now I actually look forward to seeing the end of the month. And when we look at all of our numbers, because I find it exciting and it gives us a lot of information about the health of the business and what we need to do to move the needle forward. So it is something that you can learn and it is, doesn't have to be this really overwhelming step if you're someone who's new to some of these tasks. But I think that it is something that is going to be super important and kind of breaking down exactly like Elise said, just where the money is going to be coming in, where the money is going to be going out. And that can be a really important step in figuring out, is your business going to be viable? Yeah. And it sets like realistic expectations about the hours you're going to have to work. If you want to hit certain numbers, what you're going to have to hit, if you want to bring on like another employee, stuff like that, it will set the expectations before you ever sign a lease on what you're your business is going to look like in the first year or two. And we like to build it out for at least two years and be very conservative because it's a good problem. If you are way off on your projections in a good way, that's totally fine, but you don't want to ever overshoot and pretend like, and think that it's going to be just blowing out of the water, right out of the gate. You want to be more conservative and then, If you can scale quicker, that's great. Right. So let's talk about some of the expenses to consider, especially in the beginning. So we know we have rent. We have, you you know, if you're a brick and mortar business, we have our utilities. If you're going to be doing any payroll, definitely any marketing costs, which this is another one that 
especially in the beginning, we tried to do as much marketing as we can organically just to, you know, keep things budget friendly, you know, and do a lot of things through social media and through email marketing. But those are definitely a, a few of the top things to consider in the beginning. What else, Elise? Yeah. So things like business insurance, that's something that people don't think about business insurance. You're going to have to think about the legal fees. So when you go to create your LLC, and that's another topic we'll talk about more in depth, but like legal fees with your LLC or just with your town coming up with your business license, stuff like that are good things you need to kind of think yep. about other, when you're thinking about the you're going to Any other to. liability insurance as well. I know it's therapy mm -hmm. business or if you're in the fitness space that might look a little bit different so those are definitely some of the things to consider and then if you are going to have any employees right out of the gate you know what that expense would look like yeah there's a whole list and we created a free kind of business starter checklist that if you want to go to our website or you can always just dm either of us on instagram we will send this free checklist to you guys. It kind of walks you through a bunch of other expense items to think about like your payroll processing but also how are you going to process payments. So how are you going to collect payments? So for our studios right now, we use MindBody, but there's so many out there. So that's like another good thing to do. So definitely reach out to us and get that free checklist. Yeah, I think something else to consider with, you know, in the beginning, when you're looking at your financials, not just what you're going to be spending, but what are you going to be bringing in for the service that you're going to be providing? So doing some research on, you know, any competitors that you may have, or like what the market looks like for, you know, the type of business that you're going to be in and what you can charge per service, what's going to be somewhere that's like in the middle ground. Absolutely. And I feel like this is like your first step to take something that's maybe an idea or a hobby and start to make it a realistic business. Like, could this actually work? So I remember the first time I sat down with Ariel in the Gold's Gym in Southie, <laughs> we sat down and I'm like, what did I say to you, Ariel? Because you, you just wanted to kind of do it and just see how, how yeah, it goes. Yeah, we don't do anything small. We do it big. Okay. Yeah, I said, if we're going to do this, we're going to build it out like it's going to be a real business. And that means we're going to have pricing and we're going to have like, we need to have a plan for it. And that's just how our, my mind works. And I feel like that's how your mind yes, now works. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I wanted to do this small side hustle thing, you know, not really knowing where it could go. But I'm really glad that we did that from the beginning and thought about like long term what this could look like if it is something that people respond really well to. And maybe you're someone right now who has a side hustle or you have an idea that you've tested out here and there that can be a really good way to start to gauge price points, engage what people are interested in and see where your financials might lie, like where you are in that middle ground. And I'm really glad that we started the business that way because it gave us so in, so much information in the beginning about what people found beneficial, what they were willing to pay, you know, what the expectation would be kind of before we ever launched Fix as its own business. Yep, definitely. Awesome. So that's step number one or one of the things you can definitely do now. Another thing you could do now is finalize your name and your logo. And this includes conducting a trademark search and just making sure it hasn't been taken. For us, when we were talking about fixed, we didn't have the name yet. And I feel like not until we had the name did we actually get serious about working on it. And that's true for so many people. Once you find the name, I feel like it all just starts to kind of fall into place. So that's something you can do right now. Yeah, that um, was definitely the hardest part. And I remember the day that it clicked for both of us. And we were like, oh, this is it. And then it was like, okay, now we can move forward. Now we can picture what the business is going to look like. But it took a long time. That was a really big step because you want it to be clever enough and catchy enough and something that people will remember, but you don't want it to be so far out there that no one's going to remember what it is. So it's 
you know, again, finding that like middle ground of something that's memorable, but unique enough. And that's not already taken because we came up with a few that were already taken. Yeah. So you can go online and you can literally just Google trademark search. It'll bring up the trademark database and we can link it in our bio too, or the show notes for here. But it's a good thing to do because there's so many that have been taken. Some of them are expired or they're dead trademarks, so you don't have to worry about it. But once we got the name, and this was well, well before we signed the lease. That's Yeah, that's when we started really like cranking on building everything out and trying to find an actual spot. We were like, it just makes it feel so much more real. So that's something you could definitely do now. You can reach out to people. There's a bunch of different websites like Fiverr and stuff where you could have people make your logo or you could go on Canva and just start messing around and, and search for like a local person who can help you make a logo. But just having the name, having the color and making sure it hasn't been taken is a huge step. And along with that, once you find the name, go buy the URL, go get the Instagram handles, anything that you can think of that you're going to use, you might as well do it now. It's like $10 to get your URL on like a GoDaddy. So it's just so huge to have it, even if you're not going to use it yet. Right. And I think the the big picture for this is coming up with like the name itself is going to be your brand. So that's something that's going to be consistent across all your social media platforms. You know, your emailing, that brand is going to be like the baseline for the business and what gives it life. So I think that it's a really important step and not to just brush over this and, you know, just come up with something or the only thing you could think of and really put some time and thought into what the name could be, because that's going to be the pulse. That's what you're, you're going to put on all of your marketing materials. It's going to be what people will say out loud and what they're referring their friends to. So it is a really important piece and it kind of gives the business life. Yep. And you want to make sure that it hasn't been taken because there was a few people I know, but there was a specific example I can give you is there was a yoga studio in the town that I used to go to and she never did a trademark search. She never, she just thought like, I'm just going to be at one person like yoga shop. I'm just going to be a small town. It's not going to matter. So she spent all the money on her signage and her website and everything, like anything you can think of marketing prints. And within a year, all of a sudden she gets a letter from another yoga studio. I think it was down in Texas and they only had one location too. And she had to change everything. So all the money she spent on the gear and the sign and just reteaching everybody what her brand was, she had to start all over just because she thought like, I'm just going to have one studio. It's not, I'm not trying to scale this. Nobody's going to find out. It's good to just do it the right way from the beginning. Right. And, the trademark, we got that very early on. As soon as we had the name, we started doing some research on how to, you know, get things trademarked. And that was going to be a big expense too. So we were, you know, I was kind of like, should we do this? Should we not do this? Is it going to be worth it? And now that we have our second location. I'm really glad that we did that in the beginning, even though it wasn't a bigger upfront cost and something to consider when you're, you know, breaking out your financials. But I think it was just worth it to have that checked off the list. And now we don't have to worry about anything that could come up down the road. Yeah. For both businesses, we trademarked before well, we, we went through that. We started the process at least because it does take a few months. We started the process before the lease was even signed because we were serious about both fix and sweat fix. So we just went through that process. And then a couple months later, when we got that trademark in the mail, it's like such a fun day because you kind of forget about it because yeah. it was so long ago. And then you're like, yes, it's official. So it's just it's just good to do things the right way. And again, this is something you can do before you even sign the lease. If you're serious about your business, you might as well get your ducks in a row regarding your logo. 
in your, your business name. Yep. We're just going to take a brief pause from this episode to tell you all about our free business starter checklist. This is the checklist that we wish we had before opening our first businesses. It includes every step you'll need to take your business off of the ground. If you're someone who's looking to launch your first business, head to businessmusclepodcast.com and snag your free checklist. Now let's get back to the episode. And then number three, and I think this is huge. I think this is definitely overlooked is networking and building up your email list and just your contacts before you ever open. So for me, for example, before I opened Sweatfix, I went to every single fitness studio that I could think of. Any single fitness studio, I was networking with people. I was running boot camps at 5 a.m. in the morning just to meet people for free. I was doing this. I just wanted to build my network so that if I ever had the chance, if I ever got the opportunity to sign a lease and do my own thing, that I had such a great network of people either clients to come in or people to pick their brain. And so it's so important to start it now. Right. And you can use, you know, any, anyone who's going to be related to the content that you're going to be providing the, like, you know, the area that you're going to be providing your service in. So for me, it was my contacts at the gym that I was doing the dry needling with. They were going to be our first clients when we ever opened our doors that I knew we had some clients who were going to be interested in the services that we were providing and not only that one specific service, but we also did a lot of like virtual education through Sweatfix's platform, which was super helpful in getting fixed off of the ground, but doing like virtual mobility videos and all of that was done like behind the scenes before fixed even became a real idea. So that was something that I felt like gave us ideas of ways that we could promote and ways that we could kind of contribute to different areas of physical therapy in general. And those were some of the ways that we got some of our contacts right in the beginning before fix was even a real thing. Yeah. And it's like a huge way for you to research and find out things you like, things you don't like. So that when you go to launch your business, you feel so prepared. I feel like I walked through the door of so many fitness studios that I had a vision for what I wanted and what I didn't want because I had seen it so many times. So I felt so prepared, even though I opened it in four weeks, I just felt so ready because I had been doing this work behind the scenes for years, just waiting so that when the time came, I was so ready. I knew what I want my front desk to say. I knew what I wanted my studios to look like. I knew what I wanted my contests to be like because I had seen things that I liked and I was ready to kind of implement that. So this research step, this networking step is so important. And this does not happen once you sign a lease. This happens now. This is all the work and all the important stuff that you can do behind the scenes that nobody will ever know that you're doing, but will pay dividends when you go to open your actual business. Right. And yeah, looking at other businesses, looking at people who are doing something similar to what you're doing and taking the pieces from it that you really like and also the pieces that you don't like. I, I remember shadowing a PT who did some services like on the side at his gym. And I was like, this is really cool and a really cool way to meet people who I would be interested in working with. And I remember saying to him, like, how do I still be a PT? Cause I don't want to not be a PT, but I just want to dry needle. And I just want to teach girls how to do pull-ups <laughs> and listen to my own music. And then eventually that's what it kind of snowballed into. But I looked at what he was doing and I liked some of the pieces of that, but I wanted to kind of take the things that I liked and kind of create it and spin it in my own way and make something that was more fit towards the things that I wanted to focus on. Definitely. And one piece of advice that we would both give you, and this is something that neither of us did 
Well, we kind of had it a little bit for fix because we had Sweatfix was building your email list before you ever launch your business. So for Sweatfix, I didn't have an email list. Um, I had those four weeks to build up kind of buzz and that's after I signed the lease. And so I got emails that way, but I wish that I could have went back and started an email list the years that I was doing all my research so that I had somebody to kind of promote you right when I was ready. Yeah, absolutely. And just any source resources that you can provide through your email list, anything that you can give away for free to give people, you know, an, an understanding of what your knowledge base is and why they should start to trust you, I think is super important. And that will just continue to snowball once your business is open. So even if you had like, say it was something for a fix, if we did like a 10 minute stretch or a 10 minute mobility video. And that would be what you would offer to people in order to get them onto your email list like that. You might not have anything else besides that one piece right now, but down the road, you can continue to use that and continue to just build your contact list so that people know you're, you're out there. You're someone who they can trust. There's someone that they want to be in contact with for when more is to come down the road. Yeah, it's, it's so huge. So start thinking about what, kind of offer you could do that aligns with your business and start promoting it. It could be as simple as going on your Instagram and just saying, I have this 10 minute, whatever you fill in the blank, DM me with your email and I'll send you this free, this free link. And just, you could start collecting these on an, an Excel sheet. If you don't want to spend money for like MailChimp or one of those kind of programs. And those are like $15 a month. Some of them are even less. So it would be something that could, you could invest in that. Or if not, and you want to just keep it a low budget, just get an Excel sheet and start tracking all these emails. And then when you go to finally get your email marketing system, you'll have this huge list that you can start, start sending to. But if I was to start over all those boot camps that I did for free, all the people that I trained, I would have started just collecting their emails. And then every so often, maybe once a month, sending like a newsletter with just fitness tips or like a meal plan just to keep them engaged and just keep giving them value. Like Ariel mentioned, like you want people, you don't want to just take, take, take. You want to add value. You want to show people that you know what you're talking about and that you're here to serve them. And then when the time comes, they're going to trust you and they're going to want to support your business. Right. And it doesn't matter if you have a small following like people will trust you individually one-on-one -on -one in whatever way that you're collecting those email addresses so it's not like you have to have hundreds of thousands of followers on instagram to be able to post and to collect email addresses it could be someone that you meet you know and you're talking to them one-on-one -on -one and you're saying hey i provide these you know this information through my email list would you want to hop on it doesn't need to be this like massive following that you have in order to collect emails i know many very successful business owners in this area that don't have big Instagram followings and that's not how they've grown their business. So if that's something that seems like overwhelming or intimidating to you, you definitely don't have to start there. Like for me, I was more so able to collect emails through what we were doing at Sweatfix and using that population and the people that I was connecting with in class and talking to them about their injuries. So that was kind of organic and I'm not someone who has a lot of Instagram followers. So it can be done other ways too. Definitely. The important thing is just to start. So whenever somebody says, what's the best business advice? Start now. No matter what you're going to do, whether it's three, three tips, whether you have other ideas, you just start now so that when the time comes, when you get that call that you can sign a lease, you are ready to yep. do it because you yep. only might get that chance once. I got a call when I was sitting at a coffee shop saying, we have a space. It's open now. You can quit your job and take it. And I always think back, like, what if I didn't 
what if I didn't take that opportunity? What if I was scared or if I didn't do the legwork ahead of time? My life would be so different now. So prepare, start now. So when the chance comes, you are yeah. ready. And it can all be done behind the scenes. You don't have to quit your job to start working on things. When we, before we opened Fix, we were FaceTiming at nine o'clock when I got home from things and just brainstorming and working on pieces as we could after I worked my full-time job and was teaching and, you know, doing other things and just kind of fitting it in where we could. And like Lily said, then when that same thing happened for Fix and the space became available, we were like, all right, we're doing it, pulling the trigger because we have everything ready. Yeah. And it didn't matter that I was seven months pregnant and that it was in the middle of a pandemic and basically everything that would probably deter other people, like all the other businesses being shut down. We're like, let's open a business. Why not? not? My parents. Yeah. I feel like it was because we felt ready though. We had been preparing for this. We were just, yeah. we had been leading up to this moment and we had a clear vision and yeah, we broke down. everything just came together all right this is actually realistic like it didn't it wasn't like i was gonna have to see 30 people a day to make the business work you know it was something that was very achievable in the beginning so since we had everything in a row then it felt much better to just take the leap yeah even though you ended up seeing like 30 people in the day at the beginning because (laughs) yeah but that was a great problem to have we would have never expected the response we got thank you wakefield for that but that's a great problem to have But yeah, so those are our three things that we would say, start doing now before you sign up a lease. Build out your plan and your budget. Two years in advance is great and make it conservative. Finalize your name, your logo, and do your trademark search. Once once you have it all set, go get URL, go get your social media handles, all that stuff. And then network and build your email list and do your research right now. Get your people ready so that when you have a place or a product that you're willing to sell, they are willing to buy from you because they trust you. Yeah, it's all about building that trust in the beginning. Awesome. So, yeah. So this was fun. First episode in the books. Where can they find us? Um, at Business Muscle Podcast on Instagram and businessmusclepodcast.com. For all of our contact information, that's where you can find our freebie, you know, in more in-depth, some things that you can do to get your business off the ground. And feel free to reach out at us via email, Lisa at fixstudios.com and Ariel at fixstudios.com. Yeah, we're so excited. If you have any topics that you want to cover, please let us know. We have a ton planned, everything from LLCs, and we're going to also sprinkle in some wellness stuff. So we're excited. But let us know what you think. Let us know if there's topics that you want to hear about sooner rather than later. And we look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks for listening. You just finished another episode of the Business Muscle Podcast. If you found value in this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Your reviews mean the world to us and help us reach other listeners who can make a big impact in the business world. Don't forget to join our Business Muscle Podcast Facebook group where you can ask questions and chat with other like-minded entrepreneurs. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll bring you more expert advice and practical strategies to help you thrive. Thank you for being a part of the Business Muscle community, and we'll catch you in the next episode.